0: The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views, expects, here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this (laughs) chins me? No,
1: no, no, no! I need to tell you about my night last night. Ooh, tell me about it. So I'm hanging out in my apartment, I've got some candles lit, I'm feeling good, I've had eight glasses of wine. Gotcha. And down in the street, I hear these two beautiful boys playing. They're skateboarding, they're doing flips or something. And one of them looks up at me and has the most beautiful face I've ever seen. Asian. Beautiful. And you know how I like a little Asian. You remember my date with Len? Very well. The point is, I say, woohoo boys, and they sort of look. The one who isn't Asian is black.
0: This, you, you know you don't have to. This can be a colorblind story.
1: I want to fill it with color.
0: I'm just saying, there's a race problem in podcasting right now.
1: And in Canada, a racism problem. I agree. Well, this story isn't racist. It's diverse. If everyone in it was white, then it would be racist. Re Carter. You
0: you know what? You're right. Go ahead.
1: So the boys came up to my apartment and I'm wearing a robe. I'm only wearing a robe. And I say, why don't you come into my boudoir and watch me do a monologue? And they say, where's the bed? And I say, this is the bed right here. And they say, can we sit on the bed? And I say, sure, but these are expensive Japanese linen. And they say, but they're not even soft. And I say, sometimes things that are expensive are worse. Wow. So anyway, I suck both their ducks. And welcome once
2: again to another episode of Tranifesto, the show that pioneered setting up a gay-straight alliance in the change room of the last Hot Topic. I am one of your hosts, Madeline Hops. I am joined today by...
1: There are lots of Hot Topics. Well, there's are still not... going strong. <laughs> we I, be- I-, I have been to Hot Topic in the past month Uh uh-huh of course you have listen (laughs) i'm amy blair
0: and i'm rey carter and i am the manager of the last
1: half hot topic you're my boss which makes this dynamic on the podcast a little bit weird because i'm like the like shitty employee at hot topic who has like gauged ears and like seen hair in 2019 and you're my like boss who dresses like a normal person
2: to be fair, though, to be you, the shittiest employee at Hot Topic, like that—that that is an accomplishment.
0: Like, also, you have the least amount of piercings out of anybody on this. Um, no, you're yeah, right. I have so. zero
1: piercings. You're
0: the. I think fu- I think I'm the only. I think I'm the only one with gaged ears, actually. Yeah, I think Amy's the square. So Amy's the square boss.
1: Hmm. Hurts my feelings. <laughs>
2: Well, welcome back to the show. Um, yes, yeah, so this week uh, we've decided to take a, st- a step away from the uh, big screen, uh, even even the small screen, to the smaller screen, the tiny The little screen,
1: screen. the, the tiniest baby tiniest screen. Of screens, you uh, can watch this look- on your phone.
2: Yeah, and the nice thing is, like, this episode is available to anybody who has an internet connection, so it's on YouTube. It's on
1: YouTube, and you should fucking watch the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo, like. Yes. So don't does. don't listen. I mean, like spoilers don't matter that much for this show. It's not like a plot-heavy show, mostly. It's just a feeling. It's a feelings-heavy show. It, as you it, can tell, it matters. You need to watch this.
2: Yeah, as you can tell, we're quite excited about this episode. Uh, Amy, in particular. Uh, so yes, the I forced,
1: they, they're both sitting there with like bombs tied to their legs, <laughs> and I have a button. And if they don't record an episode on the gay and wonders life of Caleb Gallo, I will press the button. And so they're like indulging me right now so out of fear to be fair it was like every day this week
2: have you watched it have you watched it have you watched it and now that I've watched it I have to say I am absolutely glad I did and I'm glad that Amy harassed me about this uh, so yes uh, the, the, the wonderfully gay life of Caleb Gallo, Gallo. um so yeah uh, I unsurprisingly
1: Amy would like to do the synopsis on this so uh yeah yeah, yeah by all means so it's this web series it's on youtube it's like five episodes long they're very short like the whole show is like an hour an hour and a half long and then it ends and they don't try to keep it going which i respect um it's made by this guy brian jordan alvarez alvarez um in 2016 he's fantastic he has his whole youtube channel full of other skits and stuff but this is his Um, magnum opus so far his masterwork Um, so the gay and Wondrous life of Caleb Gallo follows the life of Caleb Gallo who is this like disastrous gay slut boy living in LA trying to become an acting coach for inner city youth he doesn't like that terminology Um, and he has all these friends who are trying to be fucking actresses and such just doing their best and being disastrous slutty gay and gay adjacent people together like the main plot arc of this um sort of goes through the whole series but there's like other little side things going on but the main thing is caleb is a slut he's like not good at monogamy but he's just gotten into this relationship with this guy benicio who he had like a fling with before benicio had to leave the country because of visa stuff but then Benicio wants to be monogamous. But Caleb is also in love with his straight friend, straight question mark friend, Billy. It happens. Yes. Who is like a completely catastrophic actor who's just a complete mess, but weirdly sexy. Regrettably sexy. Oh, absolutely. But Caleb knows that Billy is straight, so Caleb tries to set Billy up with his friend Karen, who is... Also trying to be an actress, but she's like a more successful actress than everybody else and is like a weird, chaotic, quirky, straight girl. Um, and they, they go on a date. That's my that's my alignment. Chaotic, quirky. They go on a date. <laughs> yeah, she's true. A You're a Karen. Fruit blind. She's a fruit fly. You have Karen energy. You kind of have Lenjamin energy, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that date goes really badly. But Billy is still in love with Karen. He also sets his friend Lenjamin, up with Freckle, who is this gender fluid queen, and oh, we stand. I stab, love her. I love um, her. Because Freckle has decided that he's going by for capitalist reasons. So he wants to <laughs> stick his toe in the water with a gender fluid person. Um, and Freckle tries and fails to woo him. But the date goes badly, but Billy and Karen wind up hooking up anyway, but then immediately after, caleb winds up hooking up with billy which is weird he sucks billy's dick after some remarkable sexual tension um which pisses karen off and now caleb has lied to benicio and cheated on benicio and it's very messy and then benicio comes to la to visit and it becomes increasingly clear that caleb is awful at monogamy and they nearly break up, but then Benicio is about to be deported, so Caleb proposes so they can get married so he can stay in the country. And a- they get married, Freckle officiates the wedding, it's very beautiful. Billy tells Benicio after the wedding that Caleb sucked his dick, which causes a whole shitstorm that eventually blows over when Lenchman tells everyone to hug each other. And, and they do. The solution but- to all our problems. And <laughs> yeah, they kind of just. You get know, over if it.
0: Trump. And the Ayatollah (laughs) could just hug. I think it would change a lot of things. Pete Buttigieg for president. Because they all love each other.
1: You know, that's really what's going on here in world politics. It's that Putin loves Trump. And Trump loves Macron. And Macron loves Trudeau. And Trudeau loves Putin. And they all just love each other. And if only they would hug it out. In a circle.
0: In a circle with no
1: weed. Of jerks. Yep. Yeah. This is, this
0: is, this is liberal ideology.
1: So like it, explaining the plot to this only really helps us so far because it's not really a plot driven show. It's a yeah. character driven well, show. It's just like a general like a, overview. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's it's, the show. Yeah. And it's, it's very, very good. It's, it's sort of this comedy exploration of queer culture and sort of the disastrous ways that we relate to each other as broken gay people.
2: Yeah. So I mean, like, which is what what we're doing on this podcast. Exactly. We, we are a reflection of art. And so with that thought in mind, I'd like to kind of dive right into it, which is just the main, uh, since it's not a plot heavy show, the queer culture as it's portrayed in there, because there is a lot to unpack. There are so few shows Mm -hmm. that feel like they are, uh, built, uh, for the queer audience by a queer audience. Uh, but like the idea of like, It's like a gateway into the culture that exists only if you're... That you generally only know about if you're in it.
1: Um, Yeah, exactly. Like, this is, like, queer cinema made by people who are deeply um, connected to the lifestyle they are portraying. Who are terminally gay. Yeah. Terminally gay, terminally slutty, terminally polyamorous, terminally bad at commitments, terminally fucking all of their friends. Like, this is relatable
2: polyamory is just like polyamory is just hipster open relationship that's what it feels like nowadays it feels like i i should go drink like craft beer and then fuck other people that's what we do
1: in vancouver it's the only thing you can that's do. the whole point of vancouver is drinking craft beer and fucking other people
2: <laughs> well i mean that's the thing Is like so it's but the other thing too is like there's a sense of wholesomeness to it as well that people because I, yeah. I, I feel like and As someone who may be on the outside of the community, and you're like, oh, they're just all being sexual and depraved. But like, for those of us in the community watching that, it's very sweet because there is that one moment uh, where uh, they're all in that group hug, and I think it was Billy who said that, like, uh, you know, we all love each other, and like, and there was a joke going about what kind of love and all that stuff. But it's true. Like at the end of the day, they all loved each other from the, and they and, and they didn't judge each other based on where they were in like. Whatever sexual expression they had. And that was really
1: beautiful to me. So many sexual expressions.
0: Yeah, because like. I mean, except for Lenjamin, who was like clearly just working through things completely based on like the benefit or like the just phase of it all. I
1: have met people like Lenjamin because Lenjamin decides he's gonna go by because he read an article about how people who are by do better in business, which like, you know, you might as well go by. So he tries to go by, it doesn't work. Next day, he decides he's Catholic. <laughs> um, I don't know only where cute, it's... Only Actually, that, does, that does sound like me,
0: because I, I have been, like... I have said many times that I have an impending, like, Christian phase that, like, would just be okay. just because it would be on brand for me. Shit. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm Lenjamin. I've done really stupid shit just because I decided okay. it was on brand for me. But
2: even Lenjamin's character I thought was interesting based on the fact that, like, he still had a place within that community no matter where he went through. And yeah. essentially on top of that, uh, there was no judgment for whatever, um, whatever it, uh, whatever journey he was on. Uh, and like, I think it's, like, one of those things that, like, exists within both the, Uh, queer community and also like the healthy queer community uh, and also improv which
1: is the phrase just yes and well yeah and like it's 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 not just queer people it's also actors yeah there are straight people in the show like karen's straight lenjamin is straight um but they're so like deeply integrated into this friend group of like gay actors that they themselves start to kind of just be a part of that scene
2: but that's which is like
1: very very relatable yeah, I know people like those,
2: but it's also very interesting. It's also very, and this is why it gets back to the wholesomeness, is because they still have a place within it, and there's no judgment. I thought it was really beautiful, even though it was like you know, I thought it was beautiful that fucking Caleb's boyfriend like wore dresses just because it was fun, and he just looked adorable. Like he looked amazing, and he just like he yes, like,
1: Benicio. I mean, Benicio is he's beautiful. Oh, Benicio beautiful. is like our perfect boy. Yeah, and I, no one in the show deserves. I him.
0: don't and don't really like benicio
1: like as a person or as an attractive person
0: no very attractive but i just met people with that energy and they just like benicio was very i have a lot of like party friends like people who i love to see for like 10 minutes and like anything past that their energy starts to like just completely bum me out and benicio is a very good representation of that like just that's I could sad. not be with that. I could not hang out with that person for more than ten minutes. But for that ten minutes, I would be very stoked. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, Benicio. Like... Oh, go ahead. I mean, Benicio also the only person in the show who takes anything remotely seriously.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's, there's also too, like, there's just like, I think anybody in the show, for me personally, like, I, I don't, uh, suck, like, it is too high energy for people I would normally hang out with. But like, there's some sor- form of it. But like, the idea that just like. Um, like even they they touch on the subject of the, like monogamy and open relationships and like how prevalent that is in the community. Um, oh just- yeah,
1: like what? most gay couples are know are most gay couples I know are open. It's just a which fact sucks because most gay I've couples come, are I've, open. I've had that happen. Yeah. No, because for me, it's been like, I am pretty,
0: like, you know, if some random trans person adds me on Facebook, like, I'm pretty down for that, because I'm like, you know, whatever, community, I don't even use Facebook, but like, mm-hmm. I've definitely had randos message me being like, hey, how's it going? Like, someone I've never talked to and have no mutual friends with, what's your kink? are you oh, yeah. are, are you in an open relationship? And I'm like... If, no, it's if, very, like, if a fucking, if a cis person, if a cis, like, straight person randomly messaged you and asked what your kinks were and what your relationship status was, you'd be pissed. So, like, yeah, it's,
2: it's yeah,
0: fucking yeah. trans community, hold yourself to the same standards that you hold cis people. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, like,
2: it's, it's, like, you can obviously be open about that stuff and whatnot, but, like, at the same time, too, like, there is a decorum that needs to be, uh, that I do find sometimes lacks within the community, the queer community. Uh, Just because it's just like, you can, like, I, I, like, I I will say this is harder to make friends in the queer community based solely on the fact that like, I don't want to fuck them. I just want to be friends. But like, I have to work backwards from that expectation that I'm going to fuck them. There's people I'm going to be meeting -hmm. meeting in Montreal who I'm excited to meet as friends. My concern is that they will want me to fuck them. And I don't want to do that.
0: Well, cause also like when you have this type of queer community that is very, sexualized and very sexually driven and also largely polyamorous you get into that space of people who you know don't who have that blurred line between being a close friend and being a partner yeah yeah or like you know what i mean and like to knowing
1: in a relationship or to have a sexual yeah. element to it and like
0: and if that's something that you're not into, then that's something that you have to navigate. That like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm speaking very from a very personal experience. Oh, so I me can't too. necessarily I can't yeah. necessarily is, project that onto anyone else. But like, I mean,
1: it's not universal. It's something but in it's, re-
0: it's something that was a bum that bummed me out in retrospect. Totally. I think definitely. that every
1: trans person, especially, but probably most queer people who've lived in Vancouver at least, have this experience of like, it. It's very much like the unwritten assumption that you are polyamorous and that you like to fuck a lot and that you are kind of loosey-goosey about who you have like physical if you've had this experience
0: way. please write into the show yeah, yeah <laughs> no, send no. us
1: your confessionals we will write um, like, out I've, i have said i've often said that you, if, if you're monogamous in vancouver you have to come out as monogamous <laughs> and i mean th- this show portrays that quite well where it's like the assumption a lot of the time that everyone's just gonna fuck each other and you know that's just normal yeah. Which is
0: interesting because one of the struggles is Caleb tr- like not knowing how to be monogamous.
1: Yeah, yeah, well Caleb Caleb doesn't necessarily seem to want to be. And that's cool. Like I'm not that Caleb's issue is not that he's a slut or that he like wants to be poly or open. Caleb's issue is that he commits to things that he doesn't really want because he's so enraptured by Benicio and so kind of easygoing to the point that it's self-destructive, where Benicio's like, what if we just don't see other people? And Kayla's like, yeah, I'm down for that. But, like, it's clear that he doesn't want that. And then he immediately goes and sucks Billy's dick.
2: Yeah, and then and there's... Yeah, then sucks the fucking dick. But it's also like, I I think, like, a lot of the polyamory in the queer community, trans community, uh, stems from the fact of just rejection of, like, of like the old life and like losing all those people and so like you do feel that kind of hurt and so a lot of people tend to seek out I mean a lot of people just want to fuck which is fine but then the emotional element of it is like people seek that out to kind of like um uh like like what is it like uh accommodate their loneliness rather than trying to like exi- like address it because like transition is a very lonely thing even if you have support systems it's a very personal lonely thing yeah. so sometimes what I find is like a lot of people will replace trying to learn to stand on their own two feet with being supported by a harem of people
1: yeah no it's like the the polycule becomes the chosen family yeah and that sounds like that's funny but it's true it is um it's very much what a lot of people wind up doing and i i i I understand that and like okay for the record we're not saying that it's wrong to have that kind of relationship or to want that kind of relationship Mm -hmm. it's just the 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 Extent to which it is so prominent in this community, does sometimes lead to problems. We
2: just we just simply have to ask the question: Why is it so prevalent with us? And then we have to work our way backwards because from Because we
1: there. love to fuck.
0: Yeah. Look, all, but that reminds me of like uh, like the pride discourse, like the should pride be sexual discourse, because it's based oh, on God. the assumption it's a, it's under the assumption that you know queerness is inherently sexual, which like I don't fucking I'm. I like as a sexual person. I am like I love that pride is sexual, and I think that even heterosexuals should have their own ridiculous heterosexual sexuality parades as well. Yeah. You know, it's equality. Yeah,
2: and like, and I, I I can't believe I actually get to drop this because I fucking never get to. But like, as a parent, felt so good to say, as a parent. You're a parent. I. uh, It's a parent. Um. But. (laughs) That's so bad. (laughs) That's. Um, but as a parent, uh, like, and I take my daughter to pride, like, there's no problem. I guess that's the thing, Is like, when fucking people do the whole, like, like, the the pearl clutching, won't somebody think of the children, like, fucking kids don't give a shit, like, Rain sees, like, fucking guys in leather outfits, and she giggles, she thinks it's funny, um, and just, or like, but like, like, that's the only thing that really separates, like, in terms of, like, I guess on a biological level, it's just, like, queer people from, like, non-queer people, it's just, like, the attraction levels.
0: well i mean there are there are there are like one or two 14 year old asexual aromantic people who are throwing their opinions into this discourse so don't pretend it's entirely one-sided can i like
1: interject with a hot take about this discourse oh yeah please please. do i will back you up by the way y'all need to stop pretending like pride matters like the pride parade (laughs) like i don't know if you've ever been to like a city pride parade or if you're just, like, discoursing about it on Twitter, because, like, pride parades are, like, it's just a city festival, and, like, the the real people with power over pride are not, like, the community, it's, like, the corporations who do floats, and, like, the fucking prime minister who wanders in, and, like, the fucking cops, like, it's not, it's it's not, and it hasn't been for, like, at least five years, probably a decade, anything yeah. really if relevant we're, to the community or the discourses that we're engaging with. It's and if we're gonna parade. live in,
0: like, Yeah, if we're gonna live in, like, a capitalist hell world, I'd rather live in the capitalist hell world where banks and cops will march in a pride parade. But, like... D- d- ch- changing anything of that is not going to get us out of capitalist hell world. Yeah, so you might like, as well just fucking focus your efforts where it counts.
1: I want to be able to have my titties out at Pride because I want yeah. to do a whole look. And it's, it's very hot year. in Vancouver in August. Every year I go out with my
2: titties out at Pride. It's so good. I. It's just fun. Like, I guess it's just like an excuse for people to just relax for a bit because there's such a like a, a, a Protestant or Quaker mentality still with sex and That is a taboo thing. Like sex shops are still that skeezy place that you go
0: to, like, and it shouldn't be. It's bullshit. That's it. Vancouver does have some very boutique sex shops. It does.
2: It does, and it's because of things like pride. Like, you know, does sex belong in pride? And like, I, I agree with Amy that like, fucking, who gives a shit? But that saying, I still love going to Pride because it's just fun. Like, it's just like I don't. Yeah. I I don't go to it and put my fucking hand over my heart as like a beats a dance beats play and I like have a tear come down my fucking eye for Stonewall. It's just, I go, I have a little fucking flag. I go like fucking just hang out at the beach and just walk around and fucking see a bunch of gay
1: ass people. It's yeah. fun. And it's well, like cause they're... a lot
0: of people, people want to say like the whole, you know, Pride started as a riot thing where it's like, okay, well that riot has been completely co-opted. And like, if you want things to change you're going to have to do more riots at more situations.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like, okay. I'm all for riots and I'm all yeah. for like this radical podcast politicization. Is I'm all for radical politi- politicization of queer spaces and of queer activism. I'm all for throwing bricks and I'm all for condemning cops at cops at queer events and such. Mm-hmm. But like the pride parade, like the city events that happens every year in major cities especially ones with big gay communities, that's a lost cause. And it's been a lost cause for a long time for that Mm -hmm. sort of radical politicalization. uh, You need to engage with the reality of this, which is that litigating pride, you're not actually going to change that thing. You're just going to redirect a discourse that could be better served at at, creating new spaces or creating new events or creating new communities yeah. and activism spaces.
0: And this is Yeah, an, like pride says um pride is to gay people as St. Patrick's Day is to Irish liberation.
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exact. Oh god, yeah. Like the fucking IRA <laughs> does not litigate about fucking St. Patrick's Day parades. Yeah, but like we also need
2: to remember too that like pride like pride parades we're talking from of course of a place of a major metropolitan cities pride parades in different parts of the world are still considered riots or like they so they Oh so, yeah, for sure so have a place. Like for places where you know homophobia is still way more prevalent than it is here i mean we're blessed the
1: fact that we live we're, here and, we're yeah, flexing so- our Vancouver oh privilege. yeah um
0: one of my uh one of my best friends who's non-binary was just in a um like one of these like interior british columbia cities and like again british columbia still like the most pro- one of the most progressive places on earth even at its worst and was in one of these cities that it had like all of the pride shit all over the place and still got called a faggot like ten times yeah
2: so i mean like in places just walking down the street like, yeah, it's a places like that where it's like there is smaller things like pride parades are they, oh, they yeah, are for sure. at that moment but like w- when we were talking about this uh, just is clarify so like people don't fucking write in and be like well what about that like no that's fine like they're they those parades are still an act of politicization they are basically throwing themselves in the face of the establishment whereas pride parades in more developed countries montreal toronto vancouver they're more of Vancouver, about, like, the yeah. most
1: developed country,
2: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, they are, they are more of the like, they're the showmanship. And those ones, like you said, the energy that people will spend getting angry about that go fucking set something up, use that passion to do something that will actually uh, benefit the community outside of Halloween yes. to electric spookaloo,
1: right? So, we're talking about Caleb Gallo, yeah. Let's get back to that. <laughs> Um, Another topic is gender fluidity as it is portrayed in this show. Which I fucking love. Um, Oh, it's so much fun. Like, half of this show is about gender fluidity. Yeah, because,
2: so, like, one of my favorite things in terms of just, like, personal philosophies with life is, like, gender anarchy, which is just people just, like, first off, I think gender is absolutely irrelevant. Like, I hate the fact that it exists within the framework of even having to address people. So it's nice to just see a bunch of people just relax. Uh, For example... Uh, fucking, uh, what's his face? Like
1: Caleb's worn like skirts to like yeah. regular and, events. And Benicio, and Benicio wears like a full
2: fucking dress twice, and like it's just. Oh like... yeah,
1: well Benicio is just. I mean, yeah. Benicio is actually an interesting um, talking like thing to talk about because like there's that line at the end, which is one of the most serious scenes in the whole show. Um, where Billy is talking to Benicio right before the wedding, and Benicio is painting his nails. Yeah. And Billy's like, you really like painting your nails, huh? Um, and Benicia's like, yeah, I think it brings me some clarity. And Billy's like, how does it bring you clarity? And Benicia's like, well, I literally just like to have pink on my nails. Like, it doesn't need to be a rebellion. It doesn't exactly. need to be this, like, hard political statement. I just want to do this, and I do this to remind myself that I'm allowed to do what I want. Exactly. And so
0: uh, See, that's funny, because, like, I kind of took that as, like, a sort of just... Flighty, sort of like I don't subscribe to okay, anybody's yeah, labels. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of different, but, you know, like which is like the people who do not have a f- like completely stable sense of self say because it makes them sound interesting. Right, but it, again, that might just be based on my interpretation, my personal feelings sure about people or not like Benicio. It to
1: be about that way or not. I honestly don't. know yeah. I read it as quite a serious scene. Yeah, but
2: like mm-hmm. I, I think what I like about it too is just the fact of the matter is just like it does highlight the fact that like. Uh, politicization and like you know like what we do can be viewed as statements where at the end of the day it should just be like nobody asks why you wear whatever socks you wear for the most part like somebody should just be able to wear for nail polish and just like yeah it's fine they wear a dress it's just like yeah it's fine like there shouldn't it shouldn't have to be like not everything needs to be a statement it could just be you like it like there's i've known some very hetero men that painted their nails and they're just like i don't know it's like purple and they're just like okay cool like that's the end of the conversation yeah they just like Travis from um, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, which, you know, we have a bet going on how long until he cracks as an egg, but um, he loves to paint his nails, and he has, like, purple hair, and as far as we can tell at this point in time, we will publish a redacted article later on if we need to, uh, is is just a cis hetero dude, and he just likes doing those things, and there should be nothing wrong with that.
1: Hetero men who paint their nails, also known as my type.
0: I don't know. There's, like, there, there's a type where, um, I don't know, There a lot of people who paint their nails are the, like, very, like, I'm a male feminist, like... Oh, no, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's, they're, it's... Very
0: terminally online well, there are some, allies. Um,
1: there there are several archetypes of it, but there are genuine people. Which,
0: again, like, much, much like a pride parade, I'd rather live in a world where, like, fucking allies who are much too loud exist then not. Yeah,
2: exactly. But, yeah. Um, and also, too, I think, like, the one thing that we should all talk about, because I think she was our, or they were our favorite yes. character, Freckle! Freckle is Freckle. absolutely amazing. And Freckle so, will be the energy I take with me into the remaining years of my transition.
1: So Freckle mm-hmm. is played by Jason Green, who themselves are gender fluid. Yes! Um, Freckle is a gender fluid... Queen, um, pronouns uncertain. Caleb, yeah. I think, uses he pronouns at one point. I think someone else uses she pronouns. Freckle,
0: Freckle is the only person who gets to use any slash all pronouns. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> well, Jason we're... Green uses they, them, I believe. Yeah, so, but yeah, so the
2: character in this, though, it's like, it's very much played on the idea of gender irrelevance, almost, where it's just they will just go through, and the thing was just, like, it's kind of like a go with the flow, and I love that because it's just, they, even though it's, like, a uh, an exaggerated version, I just love the character in terms of just, like, their honesty.
1: Well, Freckle um, is, like, Freckle is the epitome of what I'm trying to be, which is, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, on beta block. So, wait, and... you,
0: wait a second, you are a Trans woman trying to be a gender fluid, not a well, gender it's, person. It's, it's not about <laughs> the
1: gender. It's about it's about the the energy, the performance, the theater that Freckle brings to the table.
0: True. I just I think it is funny to like I think the idea of somebody who like transitions to the point of that and then like then from there goes to gender fluid. Has- i'm I, I,
1: yeah well there's i mean like it's interesting. there are enough. people like that i know yeah
2: people like there's uh there's a friend of mine right now who basically just realized like after she transitioned and i mean even though she's still going by she her pronouns it's one of those things where she's like well i guess like i never considered i could just be more feminine and it's not a problem um and mm-hmm. so like the gender fluidity of that and they just they i think right now they've settled on kind of like being a tomboy uh but still going she her pronouns but like that's again like that's the kind of complicated relationship and that's why like i admire um I admire her. Freckle's
1: like, Freckle's relationship to gender is like one of absolute lack of concern. That is it. You know, like, like,
2: yeah, that was what I was was about to say, which is just like, Freckle is like,
1: yeah, I can be a twink. I can be whatever you want me to be, baby. And I've that, got a fistful and, of prepping some MDMA. Let's go.
2: And I wish I had the courage to fucking do that because that is awesome. Like that is like Freckle, like just seems to be the most authentically like, herself all the time, like not having to switch roles. It's just Freckle. Freckle no matter what they're doing. And it's 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 it's
1: inspiring, oddly enough. Like there's a confidence that comes with it as well. And just Well it's like uh. a it's like a totally unhinged confidence at times that I love. Yeah. Like <laughs> up, space-timing a group of people and then just Doing like a thirty-second like pose montage where everyone sits in silence before saying, "Hi." <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I love I love them for that reason, and I honestly wish I could see more characters like that in shows. Um, especially, Absolutely. Especially more gender fluid characters. Uh, interestingly enough, as we were talking here, I pulled up Jason Green's um, a biography, mm-hmm. and they're still making movies even even as of this year. Um, yeah. So- no, Jason
1: Green's Octave they're yeah. all still active. All of these actors are like friends, I guess, and work together a lot. But are actual actors in LA? Um, like it's it's a parody, but the show is not totally, I think, divorced from their actual lives. I think
0: the thing about Freckle is that this is a character who is like you know from a queer perspective. So like you know like if you're in the queer community, you know someone who has that type of identity. But Freckle is written and performed in such a way that I feel like you could drop this character into basically any sitcom.
1: Yeah. And uh, it'd yeah. be
0: completely palatable and understandable, no matter what your familiarity with no, the queer community is, which is really interesting.
1: Freckle is a perfect character. Yeah. Yeah. Which
0: is like, because even like there are definitely you know, queer characters and things that are shoehorned, that feel unnatural. But I feel like this is an example of a way that, like, no matter what it could, no matter how out there the identity is, it could be, like, feel very natural. Well,
2: And, that, and that's the thing I wanted to touch on, too, which is just the idea of just, like, it's, it just doesn't matter. Like, and, that, and that's the nice thing, it's just, like, it's showing a character that is is not tropey it's just them and it's like even for for me as someone who's been in the community like watching that character I don't know there's something just refreshing about them oh like, just, yeah like, having to watch a character because so many uh storylines narratives are uh intrinsically tied to the gender of the individuals who form them and fresh yeah. out of Sean and for like I guess maybe even like the first time of me watching uh, any uh shows like it just because the show wasn't based on like you know the struggles of a gender fluid person yes exactly it was,
1: it's like it wasn't melodramatic
2: it was like it was just in a everyday kind of sense and uh, of mm-hmm. course a little bit larger life but like every day and just watching this person not have to contend with any gender rules about themselves and if gender did come up with them they would just slide into it easily and like you as the watcher just go, as the viewer just like yeah that's that's, that's fine and you it feels so good. It honestly, it's like a, it's a feel. When I see them, it's just feeling good about the fact that for in that tiny bit of the show, gender is absolutely irrelevant, and sexuality yeah. too, because they just sound like someone who will just you know, if they like you, they'll fuck you. Yeah, I have watched
1: uh, Caleb Gala like five times in the past two weeks. Oh God,
2: I, I kind of because
1: felt. I was like. Someone mentioned it and I remembered it existed, and so I watched it. And then I had to show it to someone else because I remembered, and then I watched it with them, and then I watched it with someone else for the same reason. And then I got drunk and watched it with other people, and then I watched it for the podcast. Yeah, it's like extremely bingeable and extremely rewatchable. Totally.
0: That reminds me, that's how I am with like bread tube videos. Just like whoever oh, yeah. I'm hanging out with like, Have you watched this new philosophy tube video yet? Let's fucking yeah. <laughs> watch it. I've already watched it eight times. Well, we're Let's we're watch, gonna watch ha- it again. We
2: know we're going to have sex, but each bomber guy just did a takedown of...
1: I will watch Ollie anytime. Oh, Ollie. Hey, At Ollie, any time of day. If you ever no matter what I'm show, doing. Or anybody knows Ollie.
2: Um, Can you give him me? my number? Yeah, our number is this podcast. And just... <laughs> Hi, Ollie. Oh, God.
0: It is, it, it, it is, t- we are recording this just a bit after father's day. So
2: yeah, come, 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 come on the show, dad. Um, so I guess was the of- last. <laughs> dad, dad. <laughs> uh, God, I just love, the more I think about it too, like, it's like one of those things that's just slowly simmering in my brain. The more I like, I it's think so about like, good. freckle, yeah, like the more I think about freckle, I'm just like, that is exactly what I wanted to see in a character. Like I, like I won't put this on the show. We'll cut this, obviously. But like, it's funny because Freckle is the first character I've ever watched that's made me question uh, like pre trans post transition. It's made me question my identity, and it's awesome. Like I just fucking love it.
1: No, yeah, it's like why can't I be like that?
2: Exactly. Like that's the thing. It's like I I like identify as a trans woman, and I like and I go with she her pronouns. But like, I if I if if there was I think like part of the reason I just like I go, went with that was because it's easier than having to. Really oh be God, yeah, it.
1: no, I know. It's like. The thing about Freckle is that, like, it's not shown in the show, really, but she's presumably putting up with, like, a lot of shit from people. So, I que- qu- question. Well, it, yeah. yeah.
0: If I, uh, since I'm like, I've transitioned fully to female and had surgery, if I went back to being male, would I technically be FTM?
2: That is the question. I have been trying to figure this out. Like, would you be a
1: trans guy?
0: Because I feel like I would feel like a trans guy
1: I mean you would yeah. be taking tea injections like every so you would I would have I guy. would have to take tea injections yeah and you
2: would have to change your name to Aiden
0: <laughs> oh, Rowan <laughs> Anything maybe, right maybe if I maybe if I could maybe if I transition Skylar. back maybe I could finally grow a beard on With Skylar.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you'd be like an a trans guy. Because you would have more oh, trans experiences like, than cis experiences. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: because yeah, yeah, no, you would be a man, man I mean, it's like yeah. it's like
1: detransition, but it's different from most detransition because most detransition is just off hormones. Yeah. Or like
0: it's like retransition. I feel like there must be at least one person out there oh, who's totally. like done that. Totally.
1: Probably. Yeah. You they probably have like a them. really problematic book.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> and, and just uh, just do it. Doing the rounds on like UB. fucking conservative media. Yeah, they're at oh
2: UB. yeah, they're at Douglas College. They're at fucking UBC. Um, if, fucking, if
0: the fucking if the daily if the Daily Wire ever gets a trans correspondent, it's gonna be that.
2: Oh god, it
1: will be too.
0: Just kidding. If the Daily Wire gets a trans correspondent, it's gonna be me. Please hire me.
1: <laughs> no, and like Madeline, right. on what you were saying, like sorry, okay, like. Because I thought about this, too, with Freckle. It's like, why am I not just doing that? Like, why do I need to cling so hard to, like, a binary identity? Yeah. Or to, like, that kind of thing.
2: I originally, I was going to say that, like, we already got this part out, but I think we'll leave this in. Um, For me, with Freckle, it's one of those things where, like, they are technically living the life that I think under different circumstances I would have gone for. Um, Because, like, in terms of the non-binary stuff. And like I'm perfectly happy with the way it is, but like, and I, I kudos to everybody who is non-binary because y'all put up with a lot, and like I admire what you do. Um, but like I identify as a trans woman she/her because a lot of times it's just fucking easier, like especially with like a child and shit, like it's it's just easier to do that. But like you're right, like I look at Freckle and just like there is a part of me that goes like I want more to be like that. And well, knows? to be
1: so unconcerned with it, because, like, I'm concerned as shit with gender. Exactly. You know, like, I worry about gender all the fucking time. I worry about how people perceive me. I worry about how people recognize my gender. I worry about my presentation and how I portray myself so much. Yeah. And a lot of that does come down to, like, needing to fit into binary womanhood as an AMOB person. Yeah. But, like, but it's I it's also weird. I could actually it's- put up with being not like that even if i got over that kind of thing because like i get a lot out of like this that recognition like i it's Mm -hmm. it's not just a means to an end for me it's also it's its own end
0: yeah yeah i agree but like i it's weird to be because again i'm also like very i think all like all of us are to a certain extent like significantly more binary than like you know Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of other trans women who like don't even necessarily identify as non-binary yeah exactly But like, how? What is it like to? It's weird to think about it as like somebody who f- is that, but also thinks that gender is bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like, just the the, di- the 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 dialectic of wanting to be binary and gender being bullshit.
2: Yeah. Well, because it's even interesting for us because we know it's an option. We know it's a valid option, and yet still we're like, you eh, know, like we if there's a certain element of courage. I guess the thing is like, uh, I guess my final thoughts on Freckle because otherwise we'll keep going on forever. Um, it's just mm-hmm. the fact that, like, I just like the fact that it's to me that character symbolizes a freedom I wished existed in society, but will probably not be widespread accepted in my lifetime. Um, just because, <laughs> I like, I, I would love that. I would love
0: like a world of freckles.
2: Um, but like, I like.
0: Oh, yeah. that... You know what they were? Oh well, you know what that reminds me of. What's that? Is the like whole conservative line of like whenever they're criticizing trans people when they're like oh you can just be a man who wears a dress and like oh yeah or you could
1: yeah it's like as
0: what what is this fucking fantasy world that you exist in where like you know you won't get murdered by people who are who think like you you know what i mean like and like
2: and that's where like again just like the gender just consistently fucks things up like it's just you could just be like you wouldn't have to say, like, you're expected to do X, Y because you are X, Y. Like, if gender was irrelevant and out of there, yeah, sure, we'd find something else to be assholes about. But it would give us, like, I don't know, there's some guys that could rock skirts way better than I can. And I wear a skirt every fucking day. Like, I would love to see that. There's nothing cuter than just seeing people just be how they want to be. And I coming back to the conversation we had about pride, isn't that the fucking point? Like, just to be yourself and you will be loved for that by those who should love you. Um, so yeah, Freckle, absolutely amazing. I wish there was more Freckles in this world, and I wish there was a world of Freckles. And Freckle
1: um, is like a character that is just unlike anything we've seen before. Yeah. In queer cinema. And probably, I
2: think. It, yeah. And probably it will be a long time before before we find someone like that because I I cannot think of a, where I I saw like the combination of like melodrama and or there's no melodrama in this. It's just you know a comedy and it's someone who has confidence in who they are. It's absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but so moving along to the last point that we want to go, which is media made by queers and gay comedy. Because I, despite what I was under the impression, uh, due to some comments that were given to us, uh, apparently we're a political comedy podcast now, which... Um, oh, God. Uh, Tanky's... Ha- Are off. we political? Um, apparently, we, I've gotten a couple people who said that we're... They're, like, they're like new to the whole fucking politics, and, like, apparently we're one of their favorite political podcasts. So... Uh, congratulations. We're now all responsible for the downfall of humanity. Um, <laughs> we're
0: just a bu- We're 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 a bunch of fucking just like milk toast uh, fucking democratic socialists, yeah. pandering to tankies.
2: It's just like communism sounds neat. Um, but um, so yeah, gay comedy. I would like to. I would like to kind of focus Reed, on Don't that. call
1: me a democratic socialist. I don't like labels. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um so yeah gay comedy and i mean like i i think back to one of our guests uh lily who's doing an amazing work by actually pushing through and she made a joke about this but it's true which is just like there is very there's like three fucking gay comedians in um uh in toronto and i i want to put this out there and you know feel free to agree or disagree but the idea is like the trans community and i think the gay community has kind of done better at this but like the gay the trans community is still trying to develop its sense of humor uh, about. I would what it say is. that's so
1: right, yeah.
2: Yeah, because it's like this is not the like trash on it saying like oh you guys can't laugh at a joke like no there's some shitty jokes and yeah conservatives have the same two fucking jokes they use all over and those, that, that shit sucks,
1: but. No, there it's have not a dig. To... It's just that we we're still figuring that out. Like, how do we have a distinctive um, comedic style that is both transgressive in the way that comedy has to be without hurting people. Exactly. Or like putting ourselves in danger.
2: Yeah. Cause we, cause like we talk about a lot on this show and we laugh about like the, the shitty parts of it. We've laughed about the fact that like, you know, we've signed forms to go on medicine, like on medicine that means that, you know, we're going to experience physical harm. Uh, we've joked about losing family and friends, it, being misgendered and like guys not taking us seriously. Um, and so the development of guys
1: that... take me very seriously okay well <laughs> when they
2: see the size of your dick that's why um so yeah i want to know what your thoughts are in terms of just like how the gay comedy was in this and maybe even specifically like how you think it would be a good idea for trans comedy to move forward
1: um uh... i never
2: said this is going to be an easy
0: question a i just different like throwing one. These. i like throwing be these out there
1: come on the pod
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, come on. We are show. gonna be yeah, just we are gonna be the center point of the new trans comedy. I'm am
2: fu- like I'm not fine with that. Actually, I would say I don't want to be responsible for anything. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's it's hard to have the conversations because you have to acknowledge the feelings of individuals. Like nobody wants to be made fun of in like in a way that's hurtful. But well, yeah, we and like a lot of to... the
1: jokes that even we make on this show, like a lot of trans people wouldn't be super cool with it. Like they. Like, it's not that I I think people will cancel us, it's that I think that not everyone's quite in the emotional place where they're ready to make the sort of jaded, cynical humor that we do ready I mean I
0: don't think ready is the right word because I feel like that can be sort that's of true, like yeah. just that's that's just that's just assuming that we are in the right and assuming yes, that we, we are, are in the we correct are just place but it's like
1: trans we are better than everybody else you're right yeah but
0: it's it's more like I think that you know we're doing what I think a lot of people have as a in their friend circles saying like I know you and I, under- and I need to fucking just joke about this horrible shit in the world and uh, but I like I need to yeah I need to pretend like make this horrible shit less serious in a safe place otherwise it's going to like continuously bum me out which
1: in a safe place is hard in a safe place and also in a place where people are receptive to it yeah because I I, yeah I, I think one of the first steps for trans comedy the way
2: I see it and based on just interactions with everybody I think its first step is actually going to be nihilistic which is, like, if I'm going to take a stab in the dark of where go, just based on the fact that, like, it's, like, that is one of the major things that kind of binds us all together, no matter what sh- what area of life we're in. It's just the, 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 the sometimes the feeling of hopelessness. Uh, and so I think that could be one of the places that we start. Uh, but yeah. I think... I think it's just, like, we, like, in the beginning, like, transition for, like, anybody who's, like, year one or two, like, this might be a harder thing to hear. It's, like, how could you make, you know, laugh about anything of like this? And generally speaking, from year three on, you're, like, okay, I get it. But it's, it, it's one of those things where I would like to see, and it's very hard to say to the community that we need to find ways to be funny about things.
1: Well, it's, that, like, I, I think what we need is bases for that that are, because I, I think that most trans people actually do do that kind of cynical humor amongst their friends, their trans friends, yeah. people who they trust and people who they know are receptive. It's just that when they get out of that space, there is no equivalent space where that kind of humor can go yeah. um, that's broader. And so, like, and, and in like, the gay community, there is a larger space for that kind of comedy. I mean, we see that in fucking Caleb Gallo, you know? This has an audience because that space exists. Yeah. Um, for it to and, exist in. And so it's about building the kind of platforms and spaces for trans comedy where people will be there to enjoy it on its own terms without trying to, like, necessarily deconstruct it into, like, discourse, which I think is yeah. a problem that often happens.
2: And, and also, too, like, I mean, like, for anybody listening who goes, like, well, why is it important that, like, that group form their own sense of comedy... It's because of like, one of the things I see is just like, when it comes to uh, the mainstream accept- acceptance of like queer individuals and, uh, and the queer community, it often comes through like this homogenization of just like a relatability uh, for hets. So like we have to like almost like change our language to match theirs in a way that they understand. And I want to see trans comedy develop because like for a lot of stuff that we do, there's a lot of cishets that like will talk to us and be like, what does this mean? And that's that's what I want to see. It's like I want to see our own culture of that, our own our own take on comedy and I want uh, I want I guess because like, it doesn't happen very often I want the people the cishets to come over to our side and go like they have to understand our comedy rather than the other way around.
0: So it well, isn't No, yeah, that's oppressive. How dare you create something that the cishets have to work to be accessible.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, they are truly the most oppressed minority. Uh, Straight Pride 2019.
1: And it's uh, like um like oh. comedy as catharsis. Yeah. Well, also, one thing that I think,
0: you know, to get navel-gazy again, it's kind of like, you know, like our whole, like, there's no such thing as good representation, so therefore let's, like, see what else we can get from it. Because, you know, with, we still, like, again, going back to we live in capitalist hell world, if we are able to create comedy and identify comedy or identify media that we enjoy, even if it's imperfect, but stuff that is better, you know, then the like marketing powers that be will see that and be like, Oh, we want more of that. Like, it reminds me of, um, that, uh, the She-Ra show on Netflix, Yeah. which the first season was pretty gay. The next season was explicitly gay because a hundred percent of the fans were there for the gay. Mm-hmm. And it's completely imperfect and like, you know, like representation wise, there's a million other places you could take it, but the people said, We want more gay. Same with I mean, I've never watched Steven Universe, but that's kind of what I get from that is that okay. the fans kept saying, We want more gay, and they said, Okay, we'll give you more gay. So if we're able to create standards for what is good and acceptable queer comedy that does push, um push the line, then as long as we're in capitalist hell world, they, that will become more and more available.
2: Yeah, and that's, and that's what I want to see because like there is, <clears throat> I don't like, to your point about capitalist hell world, if we continue to be in a situation where we adapt um, our life and our comedy, and, and I do say our culture to uh, fit a mainstream acceptance through like, you know, for like, uh, uh, like heterosexual uh, uh, norms, then we lose ourselves in the process, and I, I don't like that. I don't. I think that what we have is very good. I think we have a unique culture, and and also too, like we say about this in terms of trans women, I want to know more uh, stuff about trans guys. I um for the zine that we're working on, I interviewed a trans guy, and he gave me some of the funniest fucking jokes I have ever heard. I, he gave me permission to say this, so um I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there, but. Uh, he was telling me like some of the jokes that they have inside with their friends because uh, I was asking what would be appropriate to put in a in a zine. I don't want to step out of line. And he was saying one of the jokes that they make is that they all wish that they had a penis big enough to disappoint a woman. And that, <laughs> to, me, that to me is still one of the disappoint funniest me, jokes.
1: Disappoint
2: me, baby. Uh, I know, right? And that is one of the funniest jokes I will ever hear. And I want more of that. I think that's hilarious. If we can all come together to laugh about that stuff, you know, humor does bring people together. And we're laughing because we're all in it together. And the reason that, like, Puff like, fucking Cissettes couldn't pull this off is because I can't imagine a way in which they are laughing with us and not at our expense.
1: hmm So I have been on every single date in this entire show. Okay. Like, you know, like, the, the date with the bear where he's like, can I come, like, how sexual are you feeling right now? Or Caleb's like, so what are your interests? And he's like, I like being whipped and gagged. And like, can I come sit on the same side of the table as you? (laughs) And that kind of date? Like, have you been on that date? Because I've been on that
0: date. Oh, totally. totally. But that said, the the, the bear was 100% my type.
2: Oh, the bear was was sexy. Oh, he was so cute. I like the fact that he was in like, what was, what is it that they called it? Fucking like a lesbian
1: Uh, focus? A lesbian centric semi non-sexual throuple with us and Mike Blake. (laughs)
0: it means we sleep with each other but and we also sleep with him but not as much as each other and and we don't have sex with
1: him as much as we get sex with each other but we are but he is in this relationship he's in this relationship
2: (laughs) and we love him um yeah no that was i absolutely love that um perfect so that pretty much does it for this week's episode um just a couple housekeeping things as we like to do at the end of these um patreon still going uh, again we're planning on doing more uh, early release episodes and we're very close to having our hosting costs covered which is our big main goal uh, so if you would like to go ahead if you're able to uh, donate even smaller amounts it would be greatly appreciated just because we we want to keep going as long as we can and it's we enjoy doing this and from the feedback we've gotten you folks enjoy doing it or listening to us so That would be great. Uh, And if you can't do that, that's totally fine. We've all been broke-ass people. I've been homeless. Um, So I would say, fucking just, if you could, just, like, send us to your friends. Let them listen to us. um, And rate us on iTunes or whatever fucking medium that you're listening to us on. uh, The only ethical
1: consumption under capitalism is listening to our podcast. This is the only one.
2: And eating (laughs) us.
1: Yeah, (laughs) eating... Eating
2: ass in this podcast will be one of our t-shirts coming out eventually down the road. Um, So yeah, uh, please, uh, Patreon. uh, It helps us immensely. And then join us on our Discord server as well. We have lots of lovely folks in there. Uh, We've managed to keep it anti-horny now for like, I think, two weeks. It's been 14 days since since we started, and it's been anti-horny. So if you are tired of literally every other trans Discord server out there, I would say come on over. And we talk instead about uh, uh, politics. And uh, the uh, Christian uh, belief system and how it's valid. Uh, I don't know else to, how else to pitch it. It's really good, people. We d- d-
1: on, we, go debate, we debate we debate transubstantiation, <laughs> which is what we mean Jesus by trans. Is Lord. We believe that when you perform the Eucharist and you eat your communion wafer, you are indeed eating the true and literal body of Christ, but like in a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> We're and so if you're not down with that, lesson. don't join our Discord server. <laughs> it's
0: like the, it, our, our Discord is just the horny council of Nicaea.
2: <laughs> Alright, well, yeah, so that's about it for that. Um, and Yeah, again, any feedback, come join us on the Discord server. We always love talking to people. Uh, so, to end off things, I'm Madeline Hops. You can get me at dead on Twitter and on Twitch. Uh, I like to stream arts And I tend to work on, uh, like, I don't know, fucking video games and shit as well. Uh, I will be finally getting to see my daughter again in a couple days. I'm so excited. By the time this goes out, I will have already seen her. Um, But I'm very excited to see her. So this summer will be the (laughs) summer of going to literally do every single cool thing because uh, I don't have to work currently. So I'm going to take her to literally everything and I'm going to make picnics and I'm going to be just a fucking awesome mom because I love to do it. Uh, So that's probably going to be my next two months plus this show.
0: I'm, I'm Ree. I, I oh, you,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you go first. You go
1: first. I'm Amelia Blair. I'm at Lavender Astro on Twitter. I'm not up to anything. I got nothing to plug. <laughs> I'm Ree Carter
0: at Twitter. R-H-I-R-H-I-C-A-R-T-E-R. Uh, I make video games, a dead genre, and I don't know, I fucking know. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters.
2: <laughs> Life is meaningless.
1: Perfect. So again, I hate this part this... of the podcast where I have to admit that I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're busy. Stop no, doing this part.
2: You're, you're busy. You're busy uh, smoking your jewels. It's uh, you got your jewels. My jewels.
1: You got shit going on. Smoking your jewel
0: cigarette.
1: like are jewels like- and their Netflix. <laughs> Thank
2: you all again for joining us, and as always, we'll see you in a week or two. Uh, love you all.
0: Yeah, stay safe and bye. bye. Okay, bye. bye.